I want you to see, first of all, verses 9 through 11, describe the unknown, the uncertain. We see not our signs. Now, this is, this is a Jewish man talking, and God has always provided, had always provided, and will again provide signs for his chosen people, the Jews. And uh, that goes all the way back to, to Moses, that a Jew, a person, a member of the, the uh, Jewish race, could expect God to reveal himself with signs. And he did that through the Old Testament. But here, the psalmist says, we see not our signs. In other words, God's been kind of quiet. There is no more any prophet. Neither is there among us any that knoweth how long. Say those two words with me. Ready? How long. Verse 10, O God, and say it again with me, ready? How long shall the adversary reproach? Shall the enemy blaspheme thy name forever? Why withdrawest thou thy hand, even thy right hand, uh, meaning the hand of strength? Pluck it out of thy bosom. And can I put that into modern terms? God, take your hands out of your pockets and do something. And then verse 12 describes the absolute. So verses 9 through 11 describe the unknown, the uncertain. We're not hearing from you. There's no prophet. The adversary is reproaching. How long is that going to go on? Are they going to blaspheme your name forever and you're not going to do anything about it? Why is your your right hand in in your pocket, in your bosom? That's the unknown. What's going on? Have you ever been in a place where you say, you know what? I know I'm walking with God. I know I'm in fellowship with him. I know I have dealt with sin in my life. I know that my relationship with God is what it's supposed to be. And yet, I don't seem to be hearing from him. I don't see any evidence of his hand at work in my life. That's the uncertain. Verse 12 describes the absolute. Look at that. For God is my king of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. Listen to this statement. This is the key to the whole thing. When you are facing the unknown, focus on the absolute. When you are facing the unknown, And there's not a person in this room, if you have a relationship with God or if you're going to, who will not face the unknown from time to time. When you are facing the unknown, focus on the absolute. What's the absolute? The Bible. The Bible never changes, and God's word, the Bible, never fails. So when you say, I don't know how this can possibly turn out right. I don't know how this is possibly going to be okay. I don't see any solution. Focus on the absolute. What is the absolute? The absolute is, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. The absolute is, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. 
The absolute is seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And by the way, you don't even need a passage that you think is relevant to your situation. You just need God's word. I have go-to passages that I use in the uncertain times just to get my mind focused on the absolute. I've told you the story before. I won't tell the story again, but where I foolishly scheduled to have five teeth pulled in the same day. They were wisdom teeth. It was another tooth or two that was giving me fits. This is I don't, This was actually, I think, right before, right after my, my first uh, um, my first surgery uh, on my foot, but so we're talking going on 10 years ago. Foolishly had it scheduled, and, but what got me through the day, I focused, oh, and I, I foolishly scheduled to have it without any, uh, what's the, what, anesthesia, is that the word I want? Yeah, because that was more money. So I'm like, no, nah, I don't need that. I, I don't need that. I'll be all right. And I got there, and all of a sudden it hit me. I was about to have five teeth pulled without anesthesia. Now I'm telling the story, aren't I? But um, I, I, I picked a verse. The Lord gave me Isaiah 26.3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. And at that moment, perfect peace is what I needed. And I'm telling you, before the Lord, I just focused on that verse. And next thing I know, this, the, the uh, extractions were done. And honestly, before the Lord, I didn't feel a thing. Now, I'm not saying try that. I, I would suggest you get to anesthesia. But I'm saying on that day, the Lord used Scripture to get me through. The Lord will use Scripture to get you through. And so uh, when you are facing the unknown, focus on the absolute. I'll give you another example of the absolute. First and foremost is the Bible. The Bible never changes. The Bible never fails. But Bible doctrine. Say, so, well, there you go with the doctrine again. Let me tell you, the doctrine of God <coughs> lays out for you the absolutes about your salvation and your Christian life. And I don't understand this modern Christianity that thinks Bible doctrine is a waste of time. Now, wait, if you think Bible doctrine just means just this big, long, deep, you know, uh, put you to sleep, big words, all this stuff, that, that's not what it is. I think it's okay to learn the big words. I think it's okay to go into the deep uh, thoughts and truths and stated in a way that makes you have to stop and think and read it and reread it, re it. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about simply learning the basics of the truths of the deity of Christ, of the truths about the Bible is the word of God, the truths regarding the attributes of God. And there's all kinds of things, things that you can focus on, things that will help you. And you say, how does that help me through the crisis? Because the crisis is a time of uncertainty. And you need to be reminded that you rest upon the absolute. And the absolutes are the doctrines of our eternal God. When you're facing the unknown, focused on the absolute. Now, I want to just show you quickly, very quickly, the example that's given here. Look at verse number 12. God is my king of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. Now, let me show you here. Five absolutes here, just quickly. First of all, God is my king, all right? God defines me. 
I'm going through this crisis. I'm going through this uncertainty. I'm going through this time where I don't know how it's going to turn out, all right? I, th- that's uncertain. That's, that's unknown. But I'll tell you what is known. God defines me. I am who God says I am. God defines me. I'm not defined by my abilities. I'm not defined by my likes or dislikes. I'm not defined by my natural human heritage. I am defined by the grace of God, by my relationship with God. God is my king. He defines me. It says God is my king of old. There's another absolute. God connects me. Now, king of old in my life. So, God today connects me to all the victories of my past. You know, when you're going through something, you can't always see the hand of God at work. But when you look back on the things that you've gone through, I look at my youth, I look at my childhood, my teenage years, and I was no perfect kid by any stretch of the imagination. A lot of people that knew me would have called me a pain in the neck. But I can clearly look back and see God working in my life, God's grace at work in my life. Unmistakably, he was at work. So, God is my king of old. He connects me as I look at my life now, and sometimes my life seems random now. Sometimes things are seen, they seem uncertain. They are unknown. But I look back, and I definitely see God working in my life then. And so the God that worked in my life then, he's working in my life today. He is my king of old, and he connects me. Not only that, though, he's not just my king of of my old times, but God is my king of the old times of people walking with him and relating to him. What do I mean? I didn't state that very well, okay? God is my king of old. Listen to it this way. God is my of old king. He's not just my king. He was Abraham's king. He took care of Abraham. He's going to take care of me. He's not just my king. He was Moses' king. Did Moses make his mistakes? Yes. Was Moses Moses perfect? No. But Moses believed God and followed God and obeyed him, and God took care of him. Am I perfect? No. Do I make my mistakes? Yes. But I believe God, and I do my best to follow him and obey him. And so just like he kept Moses, he's going to keep me. You see, God connects me. He connects me to all the great stories, all the great events of him saving and preserving and leading those who have followed him. He is my king of old. Here's another absolute. It says, he is my, God is my king of old working. God is working. God is working. Oh, sometimes when, when uh, I'm discouraged and I'm fearful of what's coming and how things are going to work out, all I need is for God to remind me he is working. He's on top of it. Just because you haven't seen the result yet, if you've been praying, God is working. If you've been trusting him, God is working. What more do you need to know about the details of your life than to know God is working? God is working salvation. 
He will deliver me. He defines me. He connects me. He's on top of things, and he will deliver me. The word salvation in the Old Testament didn't mean the way we think of it in the New Testament. I think at times it did. But for the most part, when God, when it talks about salvation in the Old Testament, it's talking about God coming to the rescue. God delivering you. And when it says God is working salvation, he is working on your deliverance. He is coming to your rescue. What is it that you're in the middle of tonight that seems hopeless? What is it, the problem that has been plaguing you for the longest time now and you don't see any way out? Have you been praying at least a little bit? Have you been seeking the Lord? Have you put it in his hands? Then you can be sure that God is working salvation. And then that last statement, God is working salvation in the midst of the earth. Meaning, so that everybody can see it. Everybody's going to see your deliverance. Everybody's going to witness God rescuing, rescuing you. So not only does he define me and connect me and is he on top of things and that he will deliver me, but God will use my struggle to glorify his name. And that ought to be the best news of all to us. That is the real concept of Romans 8.28. Not everything going to turn out all right, Romans 8.28. No. My God shall supply. No, that's not Romans 8.28 at all, is it? Um, uh, God, uh, oh boy, I lost it. Romans 8.28. All things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. The meaning there is the same as the meaning here that God is going to do something that is going to bring him glory in the sight of everyone. See, our primary desire as God's children should not be everything going to work out, you're going to be happy. Our primary desire should be, is my life going to contribute to the glorification of God Almighty. Is he going to take my problem and use it to bring himself glory? Is he going to take my circumstance and use it to shine the light of glory upon himself? Because that's the greatest thing that can happen to you. You may not believe it today. You may never believe it in this lifetime. But let me tell you something. When we are looking at Jesus Christ... And bowing down before him. And we are just, oh, I just, I just want something to cast at his feet to give him glory. And I wonder if maybe you're not going to be reminded of that time where you went through that great struggle. And you endured and you trusted God. And in this life, you never saw anything good come from it. But at that moment, you all of a sudden, your eyes are opened and you can see. But it brought him glory. And while you're grasping for something to cast at his feet, you start to realize all of the struggles that resulted in him being glorified. And you're saying, that's what I have to cast at his feet. Oh, I'm not saying that I know for sure that that's how it's going to work. But this I do know for sure, that when you trust the Lord and you follow him, someday you're going to be glad that your situation brought him glory. Okay, so here's the last thought. We're done. As long as I know that victory is absolute. Those are the absolutes in verse 12. I can trust God's timing. 
Did you notice we read the phrase twice? Verse 9. Neither is there any among us that knoweth how long. Verse 10. Oh God, how long? Here's the point. Once you're convinced of the absolutes, it's not a question of if God will deliver, but when. How long? Not if, but when. How long, Lord? I mean, the psalmist here, I mean, he goes places that I wouldn't go. He says things here that I wouldn't say in prayer. Lord, take your right hand out of your bosom and get busy. You kidding? He said that to God. But I will say what he said on this account. How long? I have said, Lord, how long? How long? Have you ever prayed that? You don't have to raise your hand, but I doubt there's many of you who haven't. God, how long? And even that prayer is a prayer of faith because it says, I know you're going to deliver me. It's not a question of if. It's a question of when. How long?